Hi folks. I just wanted to give you a little bit of a heads up on the content for this upcoming episode. We are talking with a person who is in an industry that supports victims of domestic abuse and sexual assault. While we don't talk about any specific instances, there's no graphic information. Uh, we just wanted to make sure that you know that that's what's coming in this episode so that if you'd rather not be a part of listening to it, you don't have to. Hello, everyone. I'm Cami Chaos. And I am Rick Tarosi, and we are mildly interesting people, which is why we always go out of our way each week to find somebody far more interesting than us that we get the chance to chat with. Cami, who is our guest this week? May I say something first? I think that uh, handoff went flawlessly. Thanks. I usually screw the handoff up because you say, and this, and, and this. I don't know where to go after this. So <laughs> this congr congratulations to the team for getting it over Practice. the finish line. Yeah. <laughs> Teamwork right. makes the dream work. It, yes. See, he's already fitting in on the show. All right, everyone. I say some wild stuff when I introduce people like, oh, they're so close to me. I love them so much. And it's always true. Um, and it just seems to get more and more ridiculous as it goes along, but I have not yet been able to include this in an introduction. Hey, let me introduce you all to a person that I've known since I was like 12 or 13 years old, um, who I used to play D and D with and pull all nighters and like do crazy <laughs> childhood things. Um, he is also all grown up. It's not just me that, uh, that got all grown up. He's also all grown up. And now he is a technology safety specialist for a national domestic violence organization, I would like to introduce all of you to my friend, Chad Sniffen. Hello. It's a pleasure to be on your podcast. Well, and Chad. to see you after all of these years. <laughs> that's that's the great pleasure of this, actually. It has been like and 14 to meet Rick, years. Too. He's, he seems nice, but you. It's all right. Yeah, 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 it's all totally. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah He's okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep him around. <laughs> I like um, his beard. He's a good beard, right? He does. Yeah. He does have a good beard. It's hard to have a long beard sometimes. Yeah, yeah for sure. It's the yeah, most it's the, it's the pandemic thing <laughs> yeah, happening right, right. here. Yeah, it is the most high maintenance part of him mm. by far. So uh, I don't I don't know where to start. So I would like to offer Rick the opportunity to ask the first question because I am overwhelmed with curiosity. OK, yeah, no, I appreciate it. Uh, you know, as I was. Folks who watch the show, I do a lot of research. Like I like, Cami likes to fly by the seat of her pants. I'm more like, I need to know who we're talking to. Otherwise I can't make intelligent connections. And one thing that kind of dawned on me um, as I was doing the research chat is uh, we've had this spate of guests recently who are very much like, oh, I was born a futurist or I know that I've been a writer since I was a very small child. In looking through your history, there's definitely a thread that runs through your work. And I would just love to have you share with us what inspired you to get on that path. When did you know that was the path you needed to be on? Like, just describe your, your journey for us. That's interesting. So, um, so what I do and what I've been doing for over 20 years now is working in what 
there's a lot of ways to phrase it, but um, the gender-based violence field. And so, um, uh, so I've worked not, right now. I work at a national um, nonprofit focused on domestic violence. Um, I've, although I've mostly worked on national nonprofits work, focused on sexual assault. Um, and the reason those are split in this country is because there's two different funding streams for those for those kind of areas of concern from the federal government. One's for domestic violence and funds things like shelters and services. Another's for sexual assault and, and funds things like rape crisis centers and also education programs. Um, which ironically there is no funding for on the DV side um, at the federal level, but this is all political stuff. But um, uh, so um, I did not intend to get started in this field at all. Actually, I um, wanted to be a biochemist since I was a little kid. Before I knew what biochemistry was, I just thought it sounded cool because I like biology and I like chemistry. And I thought, oh, I'll just do both of those at the same time. Um, and I was always a reasonably smart kid, but fairly undermotivated, uh, actually dramatically undermotivated, <laughs> um, which Kemi may remember, actually. I, I, I would pause you and say you weren't reasonably smart. You were outrageously intelligent, but yes, undermotivated. Well, well, undermotivated. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and I, so, and I, in reflection, I um, was bored all the time and I had mm-hmm. attention deficit yep. disorder, which did, did not get, you know, which is basically somewhere between like a, a physiological trait and a personality, you know, but, but I mean, I, but that did not get identified as a trait of mine until my forties, early forties. And then when I started getting treatment for it, my whole like life, like really shifted actually. So that was really, that's actually really interesting for me because I was able to do a lot more in a day than I had mm. before, right? Because I was able to stay focused. But anyway, so I was really interested in biochemistry. I went to uh, community college for a really long time because I was not a very good student because mm-hmm. I was kind of a smart guy, but not really focused. <laughs> and so I, took, I, um, I went to community college. I, I would start every uh, year with like chemistry and physics and you know sciences to get me prepared for some sort of uh, transfer track, and I would drop them all and just stick with my music classes. And, and so I did that for like five years. And eventually I was like, okay, I can't, this can only go on for so long. And so I, that I got in, I transferred to, um, to a four-year university at UC Davis, um, from mm-hmm. my community college. And I, uh, got in this thing called McNair Scholars, which is like the science student transfer track. Um, and, I was really bad at math <laughs> because I because math requires a lot of discipline, you know, to learn, you yeah. know, the, mm-hmm. the things you need to learn, and that is really yep. important biochemistry. And so, <laughs> like, because there's a lot of math in biochemistry, it's a lot of enzyme kinetics and rate equations and things like that. And so, um, I was not a particularly good biochemistry student, but I was actually really good in a lab. And so, because I'm I'm really good at um, processes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so that that the point of that setup is to say that I did not think I was going to do what I wound up doing. And <laughs> yep. I did not plan to um, at all. Um, but I was uh, dating someone uh, in when I uh, when I started at UC Davis who had been sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. And uh, they disclosed that to me. And no one had ever told me anything like that before. And I was in my early 20s. And I did not have a very useful response to, to that disclosure. Um, and I, I like to think of myself as a nice person and helpful and supportive. And especially at the time, um, much of my identity was was really constructed around how happy can I make other people. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, 
I did not do a very good job at that <laughs> in, in, in that moment. And I did not like that. I, I wasn't necessarily blamed for that or anything like that, but, um, and I didn't blame her. So that was important. Right. Um, but I didn't say anything helpful. And so, uh, there was a group on campus that, uh, did these educational skits, um, where they talked about, you know, they went through a, a vignette about sexual assault where there's an, <clears throat> an offender is male and a, and victims who are female. And, um, and so they did that skit. And then after the skit, they give it like a presentation, which is where really, you know, an awareness raising presentation around about sexual assault. And so I went to that because I like, I really want to get better at this and be more helpful. Right. And so I watched the presentation, you know, and the whole educational part after the skit. And I went up to the coordinator and I was like, I'd really like to learn more. He's like, oh, you're a guy talking to me. I need a guy to play this offender <laughs> you know, in my skit mm -hmm. because we get this request a lot and we don't have a lot of guys interested in doing this. And so you're talking to me, so I'm going to ask you to do this. <laughs> and given that my a lot of my identity was, was constructed around being helpful to people, I was like, okay. <laughs> and then and then that big case basically became the rest of my life, actually, <laughs> in, in that I um, I became very engaged in doing that skit. Um, I was I, like the rape guy on campus because I played that skit. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. I would play the offender a lot. Um, and along with that, um, uh, my, uh, the person I was dating, um, uh, she also introduced me, uh, she went to a different university, but she introduced me to some kind of feminist activist stuff uh, that was happening on campus. Um, and I had never done anything like that before, but, um, I really liked her and she said I should go to this thing. And I went to this thing and very much in the same way, like I kind of had a discussion with a coordinator for this feminist activist group um, where we, I kind of disagreed with some of their talking points, even though I didn't know anything. <laughs> and, and I just was trying to be helpful. Um, and she's like, well, you know, you should really come to a meeting and say that thinking that I would never go to a meeting. So of course I went to the meeting and became like the co-coordinator of like the campus feminist activist group <laughs> over like the next five years of my, undergraduate two I, I stretched two years of undergraduate into five years again I, I stretched two years of community college into five years um so this is all to say that it i really got on this path by trying to be helpful because i really mm -hmm. needed to be helpful to other people uh, um and i still want to be helpful to other people i think the difference now is i don't really perceive it as the need <laughs> that, I, that i that i did when i was younger right um mm -hmm. and so uh so and also at the time, especially, it was pretty um, rare for men to become involved in the movement as a job. You know, yep. you know, um, uh, pretty rare for men to become involved in kind of feminist activism, which especially at the time and even now, um, for good reasons, I think, um, you know, is considered like a feminist activity, like, you know, work against mm -hmm. sexual assault, work against domestic violence. That creates some political tension because you do not have to be a feminist or a liberal or a progressive or in any way to be sexually assaulted or experience a violent relationship, right? And so it, mm -hmm. it actually creates um, a little bit of political difficulty, you know, uh, for for our field. But um, but um, it was pretty rare for men to want a job, and it was pretty rare, also not rare, but for men to really have the right political orientation uh, to, that is like comfortable for everybody else. Um, yep. especially if people who are women working in the field. Right. Um, and I had both. So that was a really big win for me <laughs> because, because I, one, I was just, so I experienced a lot of male privilege actually 
in working in a feminist activity because I was male and because everyone's like, oh, there's a guy and he's not like creeping us out. You know? <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. and so, um, so it actually became a really good fit for me, much better than as it turns out biochemistry was because I was really bad at math because I couldn't pay attention in school. <laughs> and so, not as much really... math and feminism. I no, just, just... hardly any at all, actually. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> I can introduce you to an amazing female uh, feminist mathematician. Oh, that'd be, yeah. I'm not even, one of our previous guests is an amazing feminist and a mathematician. So, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, no, that's, and you know, and that's, you know, the thing is you can be a feminist carpenter, you can be a feminist plumber, like, you know, there's like, there's yeah. no, yep. feminist is yeah. just like your view of the world, right? But, you know, yes, but do you exactly. take it, apply it in your work in some meaningful way, right? And so, right. So, um, just like you can be like a conservative plumber, conservative, you know, whatever, right. you know, electrician. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, why would you um, want to, but you could, yeah. Right. I mean, you know, you maybe be a little bit more angry at the wiring or something. <laughs> then again, that is my perception of what it's like to be a conservative. But so, yes. <laughs> so there's a lot of bias in that stand. But anyway, but um, so. You don't have um, to be unbiased on this show. Luckily, we oh, can I be don't as biased be. as we would like to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to call my own bias. That's all. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I appreciate like, that. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, and so that's how I. So I got really, um, really. It was from the story of a person I cared about that I got involved right. in the work I do. But also, you know, again, calling my own bias and trying to be like, you know, perceive myself in some something that feels like an accurate way. I, I really needed to be helpful, and. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a lot of space for, especially for a male-bodied person, to be helpful, you know, in, right. in that movement, right? Um, and I, I, shall, I also should say that when I was a volunteer, so I started off at the campus program as a volunteer for several years, and I got kicked out of school for not paying attention in the class. And then I, then I got a job at UC Davis, and then I went back, and then I finished my undergraduate um, uh, as a part-time student, part-time staff, which is actually the way yep. to go. It actually made things a lot cheaper for me. Um, yep. But, I got it. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, no, because they pay most of your tuition, and you, yeah. and you have a job at the same time. And so, yeah. <laughs> uh, and um, and so, uh, but when I went back, I still didn't think of it as like a career path, you know, like something mm-hmm. I could keep doing. Um, but the program I was working for uh, brought a guy onto campus to talk about masculinity and violence. Um, a guy named Jackson Katz, and um, I volunteered to drive him back to the airport in San Francisco from UC Davis, which is a little over, well, especially if you have to go through San Francisco, like about an hour and a half, two hour drive. And so we just talked and like, then I totally saw like that, oh, hey, I had a role model. So, so that was another important reason why I stayed, why this became the field that I stayed in is because at a critical point, where I could have like just you know said okay that was fun for college and I'm going to go do something else. Um, yep. I said okay no this is something I can do after college right and mm-hmm. I can keep doing it and this guy is I didn't become a speaker like Jackson Katz does uh, but um, I did I did continue doing work in this field uh, because I kind of had a role model who kind of had an exam some sort of example to give me and we had yep. a lot of time to talk right yeah and so that was another mm-hmm. important reason why like I kind of stuck with what I'm doing and haven't gone off to mm-hmm. be a biologist or about chemistry or any other kind of ist. <laughs> so, yeah. so that is the long winded answer, but no, love it. Thank you. It was, yes. and it, it kind of makes me so. Uh, we have a lot of discussion of men who are feminists in my home, 
when I was young, I wouldn't even identify as a feminist because like there was crazy feminist movement stuff and I didn't understand what was going on. And there were women who were telling me that I couldn't wear lipstick and skirts because I was like bowing down a male society's opinion of what I should be. And I was like, fuck off. I like this lipstick. I like this skirt. Leave me alone. Um, and so it took me even as a, even as a woman, uh, it took me a long time to be like, hell yeah, I'm a feminist. What are you talking about? Yeah. It is, and I am not like, I'm not a oh, poor, precious man feelings, but I'm not a poor, precious man feelings person. <laughs> um, in, in case no one had had that knowledge, I'm not. Um, but I see the difficulty, especially in older generations of men to be able to say, I'm a feminist. Um, and so I'm, I'm asking you, but also Rick, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, like we follow a podcaster called Duncan Dasner. His name is Duncan. And, and like, he's just unabashedly a feminist yeah. and I, I really appreciate it. And I, I spent some time thinking like, what, what is it like? What is the, what is it like to be a man and realize, oh shit, I'm a feminist. I feel like I want Rick to answer this <laughs> because I really, <laughs> but I guess I'm the interviewee. Well, but... <laughs> Go ahead, Rick. Yeah. Yeah. I'll start. And then, and then Chad can follow. I think, you know, for me, it, it was, it, it never was like, and still really isn't. It's like never a, badge or part of my persona. It was just a way of thinking. So I don't know that I've ever necessarily labeled myself a feminist. I think I ascribe to a lot of the same values as feminism does and those kind of things. But, you know, my life has been uh, filled with amazing women from being raised by a single mother to like working in marketing, like most of my peers and, and superiors were women. Um, and you know, the work I do now, I get to highlight a lot of amazing women founders who are building businesses and that kind of thing. So I think for me, it's just been more of a, there was never really a question in my mind, but there also was, I realized some folks that that has to be like a, a, almost like a decision point where it's like, I am now going to make the decision to be this type of person. And I, 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 mine was very fluid to get along that journey. There wasn't a specific point in time that I can point to and say, Oh, this is when I knew or, or that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, for me, it's, I think it's always been, part and parcel of my behavior and personality. It just now is more widely accepted for men to be described as feminists. Yeah, that's definitely true. And, and for me, you know, my introduction to feminism was very, a very politicized introduction to feminism, like, you know, from, because I was part of an activist group. Um, mm -hmm. And at the, for men of kind of my generation, at least, uh, mm -hmm. if that was kind of your introduction uh, into like the political academic forms of feminism, like um, you were not supposed to actually call yourself a feminist um, because you, at the time, the uh, the popular philosophy of the time was, was that, um, at least the academic philosophy of the time, was that you don't have the experience that women have and feminism is rooted in women's experiences. So you shouldn't, so, mm -hmm. 
So men were encouraged at that time to call themselves pro-feminists. Um, hmm. And uh, and so old like guys around my age or older <laughs> like will often call themselves pro-feminist, not feminist, if they're going to call themselves anything at all. For me, yeah. I actually don't usually use the word feminist when I describe like uh, because I I know many men and 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 women and people all you know all genders um, who might describe themselves that way, but don't really do things that I would call feminist, <laughs> like you know like yeah. do feminist things. So I like to say I, I do feminist things uh, um, mm-hmm. and as, yeah. as, as to the extent that I think that they are aligned with that, with my philosophy, you know, which I is heavily informed by like feminism and, and feminist writers and feminists I've talked to and stuff like that. And so, um, and I don't always get that right, you know, um, and I, um, if it was like a, you can choose, you know, do you call yourself a feminist or not? I would definitely say, well, I'm, I'm a feminist, but I really prefer to say I, I do feminist things and then people can decide if that's, you know, and, yep. you know, and yeah, because, because, you know, like any other label, like it can go too far, right? You know, you can use it um, like anything else. Um, having a, a ideology being a proxy for your behavior, like is, I think kind of a, can be a real problem sometimes, right? <laughs> right? Yep. And so, yep. and so like, yeah. Yeah, that, well, and I think I think too, yeah, yeah I, I think the yeah. the always top of mind is like the the virtue signaling or saviorship kind of stuff mm-hmm. too. That's that's always a concern. Yeah, yeah. That was that was that was where I was at. I was just like, so as a person, as as a white middle aged woman who does DEI work, I'm very aware of the fact that you can't be ally you can't just be a noun ally you have to like you allyship the verb you have to do the work um and it's the same there and i agree i appreciate both of your answers and i accept them and i'm gonna go check (laughs) check i will continue communicating with both of you excellent Nice. Which is that'll I mean, make things, that will make things in the house a lot easier. Yeah, I was like, I'm sure, I'm sure it's a relief for Chad, but for Rick, it could get pretty awkward. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's a little tense. Yeah. <laughs> a little tense. Cammy didn't accept my answer about feminism. I think I meant. Yes, I'll stay in the basement today. That's how it is. Be. Um, so. Is it okay if we change? I didn't expect an opening to talk about about neurodiversity and ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. it's actually the perfect segue into, I mentioned something earlier that something Chad had done in his youth had really impacted my life and the way that I live right now. Um, mm-hmm. And that is Chad. You were the only person I knew as a kid who had the exact same shirt and pants and socks. And I assume underwear and t-shirts. I never discussed with you the underwear situation <laughs> indeed because that just didn't seem appropriate <laughs> but you had like all but it is now that, apparently that segues into a memory i, I have about you actually yeah. <laughs> that's fine we can discuss that um so you i don't know how conscious to the decision was or if it was just something that made sense to you at the time but all of your clothing was exactly the same you had slightly different variation in colors of your button down shirts everything else was the same and I know now as an adult, <laughs> is this still the case in your, is this still the case in your wardrobe? Uh, well, I work from home. So and now it's mostly t-shirts, <laughs> so, but, okay. but, um, but no, that was the case, especially at that time, actually, yeah. um, like that late high school community college. Um, I, I had heard that, 
um, a, I, I can't remember if it was Einstein or some other brilliant physicist um, had basically a monochrome wardrobe because he didn't want to spend the brain space to think about what he's going to do. Yes. Um, and I knew that I was smart, but at least people had already told me, always told me that I was smart, but I couldn't understand why I didn't do smart things. And, and so I try to do smart things whenever I heard about them because I didn't have a great pattern of behavior at the time. <laughs> and so also, it was just, also, I was very self-conscious. Like, I, I, you know, it's in general, like, I did not feel comfortable, like, experimenting with clothes or like, you know, like and so um safe choices were always felt great to, to me right um and so also like i i didn't really trust my sense of fa i still don't trust my sense of fashion but <laughs> <laughs> like, well I, let me tell you you look fantastic right now so okay, yes. yeah <laughs> but but you know um but no mostly it was because uh yeah i thought okay that sounds i mean and it does to be honest, it does, you know, make your choices in the morning a lot easier, right? I, I mean, I think there's a little bit of, you know, speaking of neurodivergence, a little bit of um, unacknowledged, like, Asperger'sness, or, so, you know, a little bit of on, being on the spectrum mm -hmm. to, like, mm -hmm. kind of really not caring about social cues in that way, right? And so, like, um, uh, so I think that, like, it's not just that's something that smart people do. It's something that people who don't really understand the value of social signals do also, I think, you know, mm -hmm. or really don't value social signals, even if they do understand the value, right? Uh, um uh, but uh, but that was really where it's coming from, and it was mostly because, although I mean, on a, it was because I was trying to um, do smart things, you know, and yeah. and it was a lot easier to shop yep. <laughs> because shopping shopping was incredibly anxiety provoking <laughs> for me at the time. <laughs> like, it's, uh, it's not It's not anxiety provoking anymore. Shopping is very anxiety provoking. Um, okay. It it. I think that's what benefit of being older right now. I just care less, you know, okay. like, that's I mean, fair. haven't you, you know, felt that like you just care less about things. As we're yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what I was reflecting on is that I have very much gotten to the point where I'd like, there are, there are like two or three fabrics that I like wearing. I don't like anything else touching my skin. I can't stand. I've never been able to handle tags touching me. I've been a right. tag ripper out of my entire life. Now I almost exclusively buy clothing that doesn't have tags in it. Um, and, and at some point when I started traveling a lot, I was like, why? I just want the same underwear for every day. And so I was like, I'm just fine. I'm going to find an underwear I like, and I, every underwear will be the same. And, and then every sock became the same. And then now I'm at the point where I'm like, I have, I have five tank tops that are all identical. So I just wear them whenever I want to. And they're all the same color. I mean, yeah. um, like almost my, 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 my wardrobe is I look, I'm wearing a little bit of red today. I'm very bright. Um, my, this is my, my, Zoom my shirt. wardrobe is, yeah, that's what I'm yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is my zoom shirt because we oh, also okay. work from home, uh, yes. but, um, my, my wardrobe is like basically just multiples of the same few pieces and I can't help, but yeah. credit both you and a person I saw talk about decision fatigue. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah. how I, like, I, you know, yeah. that's, yeah, that's probably actually, you know, getting away from the idea of whether it's not it's a social signaling thing. Yeah, decision fatigue is a real thing, right? And I think I experienced yeah. that a lot as a younger person yeah. and even more now, actually. Um, yes. And that's yeah, not something I didn't even bother. I learned about from TikTok, really. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> uh, like, because, what are like, 
Yeah. No, please continue. No, TikTok pegged me as someone with, or someone interested in ADD. And so I got a ton of it and they were all very helpful to me actually. Right. Nice. Yeah. yeah I get the uh, same. Yeah. All of yeah. my Instagram stories are like, hello, do you suffer from ADHD? Let me tell you about your life. <laughs> right. <laughs> and every once in a while, every once, I mean, usually it's just like, yes, so relatable. Yes. So relatable. And every once in a while you're like, oh my God, that's brilliant. Let me make a note. Yeah. My entire world is about to change and mm -hmm. it genuinely does also helps with my food hyperfixations because they give you all mm. those like recipes. recipes. Um, I have them all saved. I've not, I've yet to make one, <laughs> but I have them all saved. <laughs> I, I have two levels. I have, I really want this to be made. And in that case, I send it to Rick hoping that he will make it for me. Right, um, right, right. Or I just save it. I'm like, maybe I'll get around to this at some point. Um, <laughs> I very rarely. The only thing I've gotten around to is a, a beautiful green goddess dressing that Joshua Weissman made that I'm obsessed mm -hmm. with. But I haven't made it in like three weeks, so it's time to make some more. I don't even remember where I was going with that. I just I got caught in a. In That's a so weird. Excitement. We were talking about ADHD, and you ran <laughs> yeah, off the rails. <laughs> so odd. It's yes. It's. It's just one of those um, things. <laughs> it is just one of those things. So um, thank you. Thank you for, for giving me this knowledge from a very yeah. young point that someone that I thought was super smart and super together and like a great, kind, wonderful person. Because, yeah, he has spent his entire life trying to make other people feel mm -hmm. happy and validated. That's the truest statement I've ever heard about anyone in my life. So thank you for, for giving You're me welcome. this background from my youth to be able to be like, I don't, Chad didn't care. I I'm just going to wear bamboo tank tops and linen pants. And that's, yeah, that's absolutely. my entire wardrobe. And I have, I have 20, 20 of the same brand and cut of t-shirt. I do do different <laughs> colors because it helps me to know which ones are clean or not. Sure. <laughs> like, so yeah. I, I'll have like three or four of the same color, you know, and then, and they're really cheap. So I'll just pick up a new one every now and then whenever I go to like Costco <laughs> and so, yeah. and yeah. Um, because then I'm at home. I've been working from home for eight years. And so it's just my oh, wow. done. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. you also were working from home pre-pandemic. So you, yes. Yes. yeah. 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 And uh, it was a big. It didn't really change much for me. Yeah, no, for me too. Yeah. Talk, talk to me about when you first, I, I, mm -hmm. you seem to be the kind of person who would do well working from home. Um, I am. Yes and no. So I, I'm, I'm a little introverted, um, but not like, you know, introverted in the, uh, like, you know, the obviously diagnosable way. Right. <laughs> right. And so mm -hmm. like, you know, yeah. um, like, you know, uh, being around people doesn't cause me immense anxiety. You know, so, you know, so, right. Um, uh, so, uh, but um, I am, you know, I, I, I'm really not big into star signs, but I am very much a cancer. And, and so like, like, I don't think, I don't believe in star signs, but cancer describes me really well. And I am a cancer. And so, and, and so um, like, you know, I like being at home. I'm kind of a homebody. Um, the problem for me uh, is that though, um, I'm not good being isolated, you know? And so, mm. and so the pandemic was especially hard. Um, and when I started working from home, um, I was, married to my ex-wife and we were living in this in the forest basically in wisconsin um uh, she had gotten a job at a rural in a rural area in wisconsin and we moved there and that's when i started working from home because i quit my job in california and then someone i knew through work said hey you know we have this remote job you know i see you just moved you want it and so it's like so yeah 
And um, but I was basically in this cabin in the woods all day. And that was not really <laughs> it was very picturesque and very isolating. That can drive you a little crazy. over. Time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and then my, my ex-wife, she was working at a clinic all day and then she come on she was done with people and then i'd be like hey hey, hey person <laughs> like you know oh. it was bad yeah it was not you turn into time. like a bounding golden retriever when yes. someone gets on you're like hello yes yes right and, and yeah. she had the kind of job where you still have to keep working once you get home and so that yeah. was even yeah 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 so yeah but so you yeah. didn't have the smoothest entry but it no. works for you now uh, it's, I mean, I've kind of gotten used to it cause so, so many people do it now. Right. So like mm -hmm. last week, um, we just had our first post pandemic. Uh, I would, this wasn't my first conference, but it was the first one where I wasn't presenting at. Um, yeah. and so it was a big meeting of people who, um, have this specific type of grant from the federal government. Um, and for a lot of us, you know, we hadn't seen pe that many people anywhere for like a long time. <laughs> and sure. so that was, and that was the first time I met the people I actually work with, um, in person, since I got this job, I actually knew some of those people before I got the job. Uh, mm -hmm. but you know, the first time we had met in person as a team, um, in over a year and a half actually. And so, um, and pr prior to that, during the pandemic, I got a corporate job for like eight months and I started and stopped that job from my bedroom. Well, like, wow. you know, they, they shipped me the laptop. I opened it up, started yes. working. Then when I quit, I shipped it back. And then I was, that was it. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I don't like it, but I've, I've adapted to it, but, okay. um, you know, but I'm the kind of person where, yeah, I like to be at home and I like to be comfortable and wear my t-shirts and sweats and what, whatever, but I do kind of like to go out, <laughs> you know, like I do have a mm -hmm. desire to go out and see people and do things, you know, I don't have a, I, I don't need to do it for very long to feel satisfied. And if I do it for too long, then it's too yep. much. But, you know, yeah. I like to plan those things. Yeah. I really like planning them. Mm -hmm. And then I get to them and I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. Why did yeah. I agree to do this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was, what was I thinking? Every time I accept a presentation, it's, it's, like, <laughs> yes. it's like that. It's yeah. like it's three months from now. Oh, sure. Fine. Then like a week from, why did I do this? Yeah. Yeah. Every, no. time. Yes. Every time. Every I time I say I won't do this again. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. My phrase for that is why did, why does past Rick hate future Rick so oh, much? Totally. Why, yeah. why did he do that to him? Past Chad is a jerk and he does not like future Chad <laughs> yeah. for sure. Past, yeah. <laughs> I, I try to combat that. <laughs> I try to combat that by doing nice things for future Cami, so that when I have to speak at a conference and I am insanely nervous or I have to, I love you, my friends. But if I have to go to dinner at a friend's house, I'm like, okay, past Cami probably did this for a reason. You do love the person. Um, <laughs> Number one. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> So past Cammy sometimes does nice things. She made the bed for me. She made tea. Um, you know, I didn't make, make my own tea today. Past <laughs> Cammy didn't make tea today. Past Cammy rolled out of bed shortly before this recording <laughs> session. <laughs> and 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 Rick did literally everything to make me a functional human today except brush my hair and brush my teeth and, and dress me. So um Rick is a great partner for for Present Cami, I gotta say. Yes, he is <laughs> a great partner for present Cami. Oh, past Cami didn't do anything. Okay, current Rick will take care of everything. Um, wow, we really went off on a. Yeah. 
It happens. Um, I, I want to do two things, maybe three. So okay. let me discuss them with the, with the two of you, and then we can make an educated decision. I would like to give Chad an opportunity to talk about where people can go uh, if they feel yep. the need to reach out for help because of domestic violence or sexual assault. Um, I think that's it's uncomfortable and awkward and weird, and no one likes to talk about it. And it's inc- it's incredibly needed. Um, yep. And so I would like I would like to pick his brain and get those resources. Sure. I would like to give Rick the opportunity to ask any additional questions he might have for Chad. And I would like to do the lightning round. These are the three things that I have in my okay. heart right now. Mm-hmm. Let's choose our adventure. The shall I go? <laughs> and, and yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So, and then yeah, please do. So one of the um, one of the great things about the advocacy work of feminist activists for decades is that um, in the 90s, it resulted in something called the Violence Against Women Act, which was uh, actually initially sponsored. Um, this is it's not a political plug, but it was initially sponsored by Joe Biden and Arlen Specter, so a Democrat and okay. Republican. Um, yep. and, uh, and unfortunately, since then, it's become much more politicized, Bill. It used to not be. Um, what the Violence Against Women Act provided for was, one, my entire career, uh, every job I have I have worked at has been funded in one way or another by the Violence Against Women Act through one of its programs. Yeah. Um, every job in this field, not not when I worked for Bumble, but, 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 but every job <laughs> every job okay. in, in the nonprofit sector that I worked in. Um, and another benefit of that is that there is a a stream of resources going to every state that provides for services at the local level for domestic violence and sexual assault. And so. You, if you live in a rural place in the United States, it may not be close, as close as you'd like it to be, but within like, in most places, like within a few minutes, well, you know, like a, a reasonable in-city drive or at the most like a, a few hours, if you live in a real rural place, there is a, um, a either a rape crisis center, which specifically focuses on people who have experienced sexual assault um, or a domestic violence organization, which, you know, some sort of intimate partner violence, um, or both. And sometimes the, the one nonprofit will do both things. Right. And so, um, so that's a great thing. And that's not something that happens really anywhere else in the world. Uh, you know, most, even kind of like, um, fairly advanced European countries don't have the kind of dedicated funding that we have in the United States. And, and the reason why we have that funding is because of like 20 years of activism. Um, yeah. you know, uh, a feminist actor, solid the most feminist activists you can think of <laughs> like you know creating those funding you know creating the yeah. will the political will to create that funding and and then that funding and so um if if you're someone who's experienced sexual assault or domestic violence um you the easiest way for you is to uh call the um the national for sexual assault there's a national sexual assault hotline it's run by RAIN, which a lot you may have heard of. Um, that's an acronym, R-A-I-N-N, which is the Rape Abuse Incest National Network. Um, they have a 1-800 number, which um, I don't remember, but you can put in, in the notes for yep. this blog. Yep. Yeah. yep, we will. Yes. Uh, they also do online chat. They have an online, so they have a website. If you I was going to ask, I know a lot of people, like, yeah. they've just been through a huge crisis. The last thing they want to do is talk to someone on the phone. Right, um, right. Because that can be its own so there is also a website that they can go to and we'll link that yeah yeah and rain rain was actually the first one of the first nonprofits to 
get into that non-online chat space. Uh, now, Rain is a referral service primarily. Um, okay. So Rain will, you know, ask you where you live, and then it will connect you to a rape crisis center um, in your area. Um, and they might do some, you know, provide you with some initial help on the phone or on on chat, you know, in during that pathway. There's a national domestic violence hotline, and they do pretty much the same thing. They don't have, they do do online chat. Um, I just uh, because I'm actually I haven't because I spent most of my time working on the sexual assault side of things. Um, I don't know everything yet as well as I used to, or uh, on the mm -hmm. DV side as well as the sexual assault side. But um, but it's basically parallel. You know, at the National Domestic Violence Hotline is basically parallel to RAIN. Um, and uh, they will help you to find a shelter um, if you're looking for shelter or someone to talk to, if you're looking for someone to talk to. Um, the nonprofit that I work for, the National Network on Domestic Violence, we're kind of like the association for associations. So there's um, part of that funding um, that comes from the federal government that came from the Violence Against Women Act is for every state to have a state-based association. Um, for all the rape crisis centers and domestic violence agencies in that state. Um, mm -hmm. And that actually helps every state to kind of have like organized policies and organized services um, throughout that state. Uh, and NEDV, and also there's there's two actually national DV associations, um, and NEDV, uh, the one I work for is one of them. We're basically like the federal policy representative of all the different states in DC. Um, and uh, and the project I work on actually is fo focused on technology and abuse. So um, we help uh, advocates uh, at a local level understand like how technology is being used in intimate partner violence so that they can have the tools and resources that they need to uh, work with survivors who are, are being abused through like the computer or through their phone or through social media, or through like um, stalkerware or through all sorts of other things. And also mm -hmm. we do, um, the reason why I mentioned NDAs earlier is because we do a lot of corporate consulting um, and mm -hmm. to help uh, corporations understand how their products and their policies could be better and less harmful, right? And and often they don't want that to be a public conversation. <laughs> and so right. there's right. a lot of NDAs right. going on. And so, yeah. and so, yeah, so that's kind of the policy work that I, that I do um, at NNEDB and also I did at my last job um, at the National Sexual Violence Resource Center. That is something that I feel like I should have given a lot of thought to, and I haven't, and I feel really enlightened right now. Um, okay. And so in addition to information for those who are seeking assistance, um, I assume that there are resources for those who'd like to get involved uh, in in preventing domestic violence and sexual assault. Uh, and, and we will share those resources with all of you as well, because it's incredibly important for everyone to have those mm -hmm. resources. And I will help. I can help you find those links if you want. Thank Excellent. you. I would love Thank that. Thank you. I would love that. Um, Rick, do you have any additional questions for the lovely chat? No, I, I, that, I, I think that's a great place to just kind of end the conversation and and transition over into your mildly interesting questions for Chad. Mildly, the lightning round. Are you ready, Chad? I am ready. <laughs> to ride the lightning. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. okay. Question one. Yes. What is your favorite but least useful hobby? My favorite but least useful hobby is um, building mods for computer games. 
Ooh. It is not very useful, but I, it's and it's not even my favorite to be honest. But I do spend a ridiculous amount of time on it because it really helps my ADD brain. Like it gives me nice. something to focus on. Like you know, I don't actually code, but I've learned a lot of coding and a lot of um, uh, just computer stuff, which actually helps me at work. It is not useful, and it is a huge time suck, but um, it is very detailed, <laughs> and, and you can really kind of – it's very step stepwise, right? And so, like, it, mm-hmm. it's the kind of task that my brain really likes. And so um, – Processes. Yes. Um, I think the, the mod I've spent the most time on is um, making weights in a game more realistic. <laughs> for, wow <laughs> for like a game where you have an inventory and you carry stuff around yeah, yeah. and like yeah and they say okay this sponge weighs half a pound like no it doesn't <laughs> there's no sponge <laughs> on earth weighs half a pound <laughs> like, you know, and so like so you look it up you know and then you say okay i justify it anyway so that is oddly specific and amazing it that is. is maybe the best answer I have ever received this question. Mm-hmm. I'm putting yeah. stars around the answer because I'm so. It's, it is not a very, um, I don't think I raised, except for a very specific group of people, my cool factor did not go up. Okay, well, it did with me. Yeah. Okay. So really, isn't that the important thing? Yes, absolutely. All right, question, question number two. Would you like to survive the zombie apocalypse? I totally appreciate people who wouldn't. Yeah, you know, I because you know actually the Last of Us has made me think about this a lot, right? I think it made mm-hmm. everybody think about this a lot, right? Yes. Given, yes. given the high level of suicide there is in the Last of Us, um, I remember. I mean, I felt that way after I played the game, actually, and so like I was, I was not looking mm-hmm. forward to watching the TV show, even though it was great. Uh, um, so I, good. I want to because there will be people who need help, and you know, I think that it will be worthwhile to stay alive to. I'm mm-hmm. trying to be helpful. Um, but anyone who wants to off themselves, I totally get it. I totally get it. Yeah. I might even join them at some point. Like, you know, if I get, <laughs> you know, like break a leg and like, okay, th- I'm not coming back from this, you know, like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like, we become um, horses in that society. We really do. It's like, yes. yeah, we're not going to survive this. Bye. Okay. Right. Excellent right. I mean, cause you know, Excellent it's like, answer. it's going to be, it's going to be a few hundred to a few thousand years before things recover. And it's like, I'm yeah. not going to be around. Right. For, you right. Know? Right. <laughs> and so, yeah. Yeah. You can yeah. be around to help as long as you can help. All right. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent answer. Uh, a little bit more lighthearted. What is the yeah. last food you photographed? The last food I photographed was, I I don't remember what it was. I'm sure it was something that my partner Sachi made because uh, Sachi is an excellent uh, chef, cook. And mm-hmm. um, she doesn't get paid for being a cook, so she's not a chef. But, <laughs> but she's uh, an excellent cook. She and Rick have that in, in common. Uh, right, right, yes. I and would call makes... him a chef, except it's inaccurate because, yeah. So yes, she makes. Yes, yes. She makes excellent food uh, in general. And she often has a lot of attention. She's a very visual person. She's a visual mm-hmm. artist. And so um, she often pays a lot of attention to presentation. So it's often nice. very lovely to look at and then to eat. <laughs> Sashi's food is yeah, the last Sashi's thing mm-hmm. that Chad photographed. Yes. And and maybe if we're lucky, he'll send us a picture and, and we can use it in the, I'm just okay. saying, okay. we've we got post-production things. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the best season? Well, so I recently moved up here from Florida. So during the pandemic, most of the pandemic, I was in Florida with my mother because I 
I got divorced in 2019 and then I was going to go stay mm -hmm. with my mom for a few months. Um, and then kind of then move off, probably moved closer to the DC area for work. Right. But I kind of needed a little bit of a reset. I moved to my mom's house, um, in December of 2019. So wow. guess what? I yeah. stayed at my mom's house <laughs> for the next two years <laughs> and, and, um, and, uh, so I was in Florida. I lived in Florida for three years. Um, uh, the last year I actually, uh, I, I had met Sachi in Florida and I moved up to Gainesville. Mm -hmm. And so we lived together in Gainesville. And now we finally, uh, I moved closer to the DC area, actually closer to two of my, my half sisters, um, who live in the DC area, um, in Baltimore. So I live in Baltimore now. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, uh, there are lots of things to say about Florida. Uh, Gainesville is a lovely city. Um, I really <laughs> like Gainesville. <laughs> uh, um, I do not like the hot, uh, because yeah. it's a muggy hot there. Mm -hmm. Right. And, yep. and there's, it's just, it, the place is ruled by, by mosquitoes and Republicans. And so like, and, and those are two things. <laughs> and alligators. Alligators are actually pretty slow. If you've gotten okay. eaten by an alligator, you really weren't paying attention okay, <laughs> because you're too close to the water or you poked at the alligator, which people do and because they're mm -hmm. dumb. <laughs> and that's so, not okay. Yeah, no, it's not okay. And, um, and so, I mean, like alligator did chase after my dog when my, my sister was walking my dog, but she was not paying attention. <laughs> like, and so, uh, but, uh, when we moved up here, we moved up here in March and it was, you know, still spring, but it's still like the end of fall. Mm -hmm. And it was just so lovely. Like it was yep. bright and sunny, but crisp and cool and not too mm -hmm. wet. Not no mosquitoes. It was fantastic. And so oh, I think fall, our spring, uh, spring and fall, like the changes with that in between, right. You know, um, okay. is, is really, I think probably spring more than fall because fall, like, it's lovely, but you have a lot of winter to look forward to. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know, spring is like, it's lovely and it's just getting lovelier. Like, yeah, right. You know, so, yeah. So right now, right now is your right time. Right now. Yeah. 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 It's, I mean, I, personality wise, I'm kind of more of a winter, but I think because I don't <laughs> like mosquitoes, I'm now more of a spring. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Yes, yeah, yeah. All right. Final question. Mm -hmm. Magnets or stickers? Oh, it depends on what they're for. Uh, like, so I have a board here of stickers mm -hmm. from Gainesville. This is my sticker nice. board from Gainesville of this place. That salad, though. Yeah, that's uh, oh, um, <laughs> Satchel's best mm -hmm. pizza place in Florida. <laughs> well, maybe at least in Gainesville. Certainly in Gainesville. Um, there's actually a really great pizza place in, in St. Augustine, but <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> Sachels and their and their offshoot Sach squared. Um, they, uh, if you're ever looking to eat in Gainesville, Florida, um, because you're Sachels Tom Petty concert. Yeah, Sachels is the place <laughs> to go. It, it is. It is the. Um, it is. It is also it is a. So that's the first place that Sachi uh, took me to when I when we moved to, when I moved to Gainesville because it's mm -hmm. like quintessentially hardcore Gainesville, and um, okay. and kitsch and everything and great pizza. Um, and so I'm writing it down in case I ever go to get, right. I, I, oh, don't, well, I don't, see you never know. Going, you know, I don't yeah. see myself going to Florida again anytime soon, but you never know. A lot of conferences in my, in, um, in, uh, Orlando. That's yeah. yep. before I've moving been, there. Well, yeah. I've been to them. Yeah. You've All of Disney every conference. Too. I know you've been. I have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but 
magnets or stickers? You didn't answer. You just said it. Depends. Oh, so stickers for me- for memories. Okay. And magnets for usefulness. Like for as a oh. decorative item, hmm. definitely I'm going with stickers. But yeah. I have a lot of magnets on the refrigerator because I just like to make use of space. <laughs> and so, <Sure. laughs> so yeah. Also, as a person who wanted to be a biochemist, that's a sciencey realm, and magnets yeah. good for science. Well, but so, also stickers. as a computer guy, I've, I've historically been very um, somewhat hesitant about magnets. Yep. Yes. Yep. See. It's not as big okay. a problem now, but it's still a problem. <laughs> yeah. It is. Yeah, yeah. All right, we have done the whole thing we've wow. done the five mildly interesting questions you passed check check you have got a heart around one of your answers and stars all stars over one of the answers Whoa. and boxes around others so i feel like you've done like you've done really well i'm i am very proud of myself <laughs> i thought you would like that positive feedback and so now i'm gonna ask rick to wrap up the show in a tiny little bundle all right uh thank you so uh Chad, it's been an absolute pleasure just getting the chance to meet you, to learn from you. Uh, the work you do is so very important and and needed. And thank you for taking what I realize is a lot of emotional energy and and kind of work energy to to share that with us. So we we really appreciate it. We will get all of that stuff linked up. For folks so if they need access to those resources they are readily available and uh it's just it's always a pleasure to see uh cammy light up when she has special (laughs) people on the show and that definitely occurred today so thank you from my perspective for making it a better day for me in the household by by visiting with cammy (laughs) today Kevin, anything else you'd like anything else you'd like to say before we wrap this up i want to acknowledge that i've gone through the entire episode without calling you chatty once so there you go i mean i did it if you want to edit it in chatty 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 chatty. yeah over the top every time chatty 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 um no don't hang up right away we're just gonna say goodbye to the people you stay Okay. Yep. Well, I want to say it was such an incredible pleasure to Thank meet both you. of you. Well, to meet you, Rick, and to see Cammy again, Thank who you. I've not seen in such a long time, and who yep. I've known for long. such a long time. And this is, mm-hmm. you could ask me questions all day. I'd be happy to do it. Because <laughs> that means I get to talk to Cammy more and meet more Rick more. Well, thanks yes. very much. Yeah, of well, course. Well, we'll talk about the talking, the meeting. Let's say goodbye to the people, everyone. Chad, say goodbye to the people. Bye, people. Bye, everyone.